the British Wrestling Experience with Martin, Ollie and Benno. Hello and welcome to the debut episode of the British Wrestling Experience on Post Wrestling. I'm your host Martin Bushby and joining me are Ollie Court and Richard Benson, a.k.a. Benno. Now some of the listeners might not recognise um, our show and some of you might and some of you might recognise our voices as well and um, some of you might have been listening to us for quite some time and um, Ollie and Benno, first show on our new home. Um, it's been a while since we've all got to get together to discuss Brit Wrestling, how's it going with you guys? Benno, uh, what have you been up to these past few months? Yeah, that's it. It was uh, October the last time we recorded, wasn't it? I disappeared on holiday to Turkey and then we just, <laughs> we never came back. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been good. I think it's, uh, Christmas was obviously great. We got to have a, a nice little relax there. Um, see lots of people. I got sick as I always do around Christmas time. Um, I think that's the problem when you see too many people shaking too many hands. Yeah. Diseases kind of fly around, don't they? But yeah, other than that, just been pretty much the same. Watching a lot of British wrestling, a lot of New Japan. Uh, life's been good. Yeah, I had a bad case of man flu over uh, over the Christmas period. <laughs> um, I think I've only just managed to really shake it off. And Ollie, I was your I was your Christmas and downtime from podcasting. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since we've all gotten together, but it's great to be back uh, under the new banner. Britress Experience has got uh, a great ring to it, like and that. yeah. Just like Benno, Christmas was pretty relaxing. And then straight afterwards, we went straight into this big time for wrestling. Obviously, Wrestle Kingdom was amazing. Um, and really, I think the way Japan has sort of started its year means that Brit, like, started its year so strongly. Brit Rest kind of needs to really kick into gear now because we've <laughs> obviously the mood surrounding it has been a bit sour as of late because of all the stuff flying around. Uh, but hopefully, once the in ring starts and really gets going. Uh, we can all feel a lot more positive about it. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of like New Japan sort of sets the bar for the year, don't they, with those uh, January 4th shows, and everyone uh, just has to catch up with them. But anyway, um, just noted we previously did a British wrestling podcast, and when uh, we all three of us have been doing various podcasts and articles for a variety of wrestling sites uh, for the past few years, and uh, this new show that we're doing is going to be bi-monthly. I mean, we'll have uh, shows out on the first and third Thursday of every month and uh, we'll be having our, our own feed which is new for us because it used to be under uh, all on the same feed uh, last time around so um, please leave us a review and uh, subscribe to our individual feeds and um, as this is our first show on a brand new network we figured that everyone might not be quite up to speed on the current state of British wrestling and um, you know there might be some of you who've heard a lot about the scene and are wondering which promotions to check out or where to start with it all. So we thought we'd have a, a nice recap, um, you know, about all the promotions that are uh, currently, you know, thriving in the British scene. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have a rundown. And um, it's definitely one of the most um, exciting scenes in the world. I mean, we'd obviously had a, a major boom in the world of sport era, and then it all went a bit quiet for, until the last few years. Um, we've got so many strong promotions and an enormously talented roster pool in it truly is one of the strongest uh, wrestling scenes right now so um yeah to kick us off um here are some of the promotions we'll be mainly discussing on the show and um for the first one um is progress wrestling benno 
Yeah, progress probably uh, in 2017. The the biggest benefactors of that Brit Res boom you just mentioned, and the the WWE rub. Um, I think progress like their um, visibility worldwide is probably the biggest of all the promotions we're going to talk about today. It's probably the reason we're talking about them first. Obviously, they've been around since 2012, and they've always been a very story-based promotion. At least that's usually uh, what they're good at. Uh, there were some doubts over that, I would probably say, <laughs> over the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the Brit Res promotions go, they've got the probably the best production. Uh, they still uh, hang on to that punk aesthetic. Uh, they're built on a on an atmosphere and a, and a fan culture. I think uh, progress. I think that's a, a real big part of it. When you go to their shows, it does feel you know for better or worse like uh, you're part of something. And Jim Smallman, one of the owners, being on ring announcer really helps that. And yeah, there's just something about it. It's a kind of a almost the fans I would describe as a lot like a. Like a football team's fans, uh, they do describe themselves as, as ultras, and uh, you know, I think they're all. I think the fans of Progress can be very uh, defensive of the product and just very into it as well, which is is not always a bad thing. And I think historically as well, them having a heavy reliance on on British talent, um, although they were a bit heavier on import in twenty seventeen. Um, there's just something very unique about the identity of progress that that really works for them. Um, and yeah, I think that's what sells them on, on a worldwide basis. I think that's really what's important for them. And as I said before, I think twenty seventeen wasn't the best year for them creatively. I think they the WWE stuff didn't exactly land, at least for me personally. Um, I felt like the fans were desperate throughout the year 2017 to cheer Pete Dunne, to cheer Trent Seven, to cheer Tyler Bate, um, the people that they'd seen on, on WWE UK. Um, and towards the end of 2017, you know, they got that. So I think that's going to help going forward. Um, and, you know, in 2017 as well, they, they lost us some key talent. They lost Will Ospreay, they lost Marty Skrull, and it looks like Will Ospreay is back, um, so that's a good thing, and, and it looks like as well a big story towards the end of 2017 as we finished the run of our previous podcast. They were uh, pushing Travis Banks for the, to the forefront, and he's their current champion. He's, he's in-ring killing it, and, yeah, I think uh, going forward into 2018, uh, there's no reason not to see uh, them continue to be the at least business success they were in 2017 it's become nigh on impossible to get tickets for the camden shows never mind uh birmingham sheffield and manchester where they run as well uh, it's really hard to get tickets it sells out in seconds uh pretty much the, the majority of the time so they've got a really good thing going and yeah 2018 should be a really interesting year for progress I mean you talked about their branding there i mean they have certainly got a really strong branding haven't they ollie well, yeah, that's sort of the thing that attracts a lot of people to progress initially is that um, the punk aesthetic and of the electric ballroom is probably still the best place in Britain to watch wrestling. And what they've really done there, it is special, certainly. Uh, obviously, 2017 was a, a big change for them, really, with all the, the WWUK influence coming in. And it has certainly changed the product. Like, it is not what it was, for better or for worse. Um, like <laughs> fans from what I would say was like their peak in creative terms, like in around 2015, may not be finding the same things that they loved once in progress still there. And obviously, guys like uh, Joe Joe Connors and James Drake, uh, <laughs> very creator wrestlery, and just guys you wouldn't expect them to be using if it weren't for that link. So it's certainly a time for change for them. 2018, they're going to be 
attempting to run uh, Wembley Arena, huge venue. Uh, it's obviously one where WWE NXT used to run. And how they managed to fill that, how they managed to do with that, will be a big indicator of where they're going next. And um, some recommendations of uh, what sort of uh, matches that people who are not familiar with Progress can catch up on then, Benno? I think, uh, you know, as Ollie just touched on, I think in some ways, creatively, uh, the best years were a couple of years ago. So if you're talking creatively, Will Ospreay and Jimmy Havoc, um, their matches, I think, are, are really seminal uh, in progress. And in, they were definitely a big part of getting me into progress. Maybe not one particular match, but just watching that story as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, going into, you know, the last year or so, uh, Travis Banks and Matt Riddle at the Live Your Best Life show in November um, had an absolutely incredible match. Will Ospreay and Travis Banks just had a, an awesome match on Progress as well. Um, my probable personal uh, favourite match in Progress history is Will Ospreay and Matt Riddle at the Graps of Wrath last year. Um, that was awesome as well. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm similar to Ollie in that uh, some of the, I mean, we talked about a punk aesthetic and uh, they have been in danger of losing that over 2017 with this uh, WWE relationship and with the influx of some of, influx of some of those guys uh, Ollie just mentioned as well. But just looking through the list for 2017, there's a, a long list of great matches. And I'd say if you were a new fan and you were looking to get into progress, something like the Super Strong Style weekends, um, there's so many good matches on those weekends that mm. you almost forget them uh, when it comes to the end of the year and you're making your match of the year list that, that some of those matches happen. So you could go back and you could plug in even the, the 2017 uh, Super Strong Style tournament and there's plenty uh, of great stuff in there and probably as well the, the creative peak of the the company this year with Travis Banks winning that tournament um his title cashing maybe wasn't uh, quite as good uh, but certainly the, the tournament itself was a, a big thing in, in 2017 and maybe a, a good point for people to uh, go back and watch so uh, just to tie it up with progress Ollie mentioned there they're running a uh, Wembley Arena which is mm. you know a huge uh, jump from uh, the other venues that they're previously running what else can we uh, be looking forward to for progress in 2018 then I think the the super strong style weekend again 2018 they're trying to run uh, Alexander Palace for for 3 days which is a, again another question mark um whether they can they filled it for one date uh, last year and I've heard mixed reviews from fans on how good a venue that is to to go and watch wrestling so they're going to be attempting to fill that again this year Obviously, as Ollie said, Wembley, um, 10,000 people is is no easy task. Uh, that's what WWE did with NXT. So uh, I suppose there's no pressure on progress to quite hit 10,000, but it's a big venue, so you'd like to see them uh, fill it as much as they can. Um, they've also, I mean, I mentioned before that they've uh, expanded further north. They're doing a big show at the Victoria Warehouse in Manchester, which is uh, quite a bit bigger venue than their usual Ritz venue. So they seem to be experimenting with doing a maybe a second uh, big show up north as well as the big September show that they'll be doing as uh, at the SAC Arena. Um, so yeah, plenty of uh, things to look out for. There's always the the Thunder Bastard, which is always a lot of fun. Um, it was January last year. We've not heard anything about it uh, coming up yet, but maybe in the coming weeks there'll, there'll be an announcement with that as well. So yeah, very uh, WWE style in that they have uh, tentpole events that they they build to th- throughout the year. Um, and I think that yeah, some of the the better moments in progress's history has come at those big events as well. Yeah, and of course they're uh, running those shows in uh, New Orleans as part of WrestleMania weekend as well, aren't mm. they? So uh, plenty to look forward to with, um, with progress. And um, another uh, big British promotion we'll be covering on this show is Revolution Pro Wrestling. And this is a 
a name that might be familiar to a lot of fans of New Japan. I mean, they built up a strong fan base, putting on big shows in London with not only British wrestlers, but uh, a lot of imports from New Japan. I mean, they originally started in 2012 by the owner and promoter, Andy Quilden, and uh, they're actually based in Portsmouth and started running smaller shows in the southwest of the UK and um, around the home base of Portsmouth. And um, and they ran their first show at the historic York Hall in London in the summer of 2013 using a variety of British talent, including a young Will Ospreay and a pre-Finn Balor for Prince Devitt. And um, this also featured their first use of a New Japan star in Justin Liger. And uh, they've continued to grow and grow since then, running York Hall now around every three months with the best of British and uh, the best of New Japan. And um, also, as well as running those uh, massive York Hall shows, they were... Um, expanding away from uh, London and the home base of Portsmouth and started looking into other areas such as Cardiff and Leamington Spa. And um, I mean, of course, their uh, marquee events in London are always uh, some of the highlights of the British wrestling calendar. I mean, Global Wars UK is a huge weekend event that they hold in November each year. And uh, yeah, Red Pro, definitely one of the most exciting promotions in the UK. And they often host dream matches between wrestlers from Japan and the best of the UK and the USA. And, um, I mean, just to start people off, um, I've selected a, a few matches from Red Pro's history. Um, the first that came to mind when you're talking about Red Pro was uh, Prince Devitt taking on Ricoch- Ricochet, rather, from Uprising 2013. I thought that was a, a real banner match for them as they were building up their um, building up their promotion and uh, building up um, their base in, at York Hall in London. And um, we can't talk about Red Pro without talking about Will Ospreay against Matt Seidel, two out of three falls match from Summer Sizzler 2015. I mean, these matches with Seidel uh, were where Ospreay really came into his own and uh, developed him into a genuine headliner. And uh, sticking with Will Ospreay, he had a, another incredible match with Marty Scurley at High Stakes 2016. I mean, these two had faced each other previously, but I mean, it was really this match that uh, made the world sit up and take notice. I mean really paved the way for Osprey and Skirl to head to PWG and then New Japan and become stars all over the world. I mean, they've toured this match around, but um, they originally still the best for me. And uh, Red Pro has certainly put on some um, amazing matches, amazing cards, and they just keep seem to be getting bigger and bigger, don't they, Ollie? Yeah, obviously, like you say, the York Hall shows are like tentpole events really for brit rest and like always highlights of the year but actually in 2017 it was the smaller cockpit shows that were actually more interesting i felt a lot of the times the awkward shows were too reliant on sort of um you know big name talent like uh, the bullet club like cody and the young bucks and like weird one-offs like bully ray who didn't even make the vod <laughs> and i just felt sometimes it was a bit mismanaged or too name heavy and whereas the cockpit, it still had big names, guys like Donovan Dijak in like feature roles, but it also bought that month for the month storytelling, which I think was always a criticism against Rev Pro, but they never really had like a reason to keep coming back other than oh, the latest big name coming in. Um, and I thought that cockpit really did that and it really hooked you month to month with some really cool stories like Eddie Dennis never being able to, to get over the hump and win a match. Um, obviously the New Japan link really helps them out and it makes those York Hall shows special uh, there's one coming up this weekend as we record um, with Evil Sonata and Minoru Suzuki coming in, that feels really special um, and 
yeah, <laughs> more of the same, I think, for Rev Pro this year. I, I don't think they're going to really be uh, reinventing the wheel in terms of their business model. It is those York Hall shows, a bit of a big, important ones. But they are doing a lot of cool stuff on the cockpit still. They crowned a women's champion at their last show, uh, Ginny, who's on the York Hall show now. And I think she's going to be a bigger part of what they're doing as well. So definitely very interesting stuff, but perhaps not like nothing too out there this year from Rev Pro. I think the thing with RevPro is that uh, a big part of it anyway is that you can parachute in if you're an outsider, if you're someone yeah. new to British wrestling. I think progress can be a bit daunting. Um, and again, it's they try to be very story-based. Um, so it can, it, it's more of a commitment to jump in and out of, of progress, whereas RevPro, you hear a, a Dave Meltzer all the time uh, raving about RevPro because it is the type of, <laughs> if you hear about a big match in RevPro or a big show, you can float in, watch those great matches, and you can... You know that's fine. That's a that's a good experience at Rev Pro, and as Ollie said, they are leaning more on these cockpit events, and and they are telling more stories, uh, like the one with Eddie Dennis. But I think that's a in a way, it's a it's a positive for the promotion as well that they they do that kind of wrestling, the the dream match scenario that you can easily fly in and watch. Yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, they've got loads to look forward to in 2018. As Ollie noted there, they'll be running their uh, regular shows at the cockpit every month and um, also looking to branch out to other towns and cities like they did in 2017. And of course, they'll be heading over to New Orleans hosting a show under the WrestleCon banner. So uh, lots to look forward to from Red Pro. And um, even though we are called the British Wrestling Experience, um, I, we're also going to be covering promotions uh, from all over Europe as well. And uh, our next promotion um, is OTT from Ireland, and uh, we'll be including them in our uh, bi-monthly discussions. And uh, hello, I'll, sorry, Ollie, if you'd like to tell us more about OTT. Yeah, um, well, they sort of emerged from almost a non-existent Irish wrestling scene. They were pretty much only wrestling in bingo halls and, uh, you know, <laughs> gyms or whatever um, in front of like no real fan base to speak of uh, for years and years and years. Uh, and then sort of OTT comes along and it does, it did kind of explode in 2016. I do remember uh, the first show that I saw of theirs, Arted, um, back in early 2016. And that was sort of like, a, a real establishing moment for them establishing their identity a lot of people were raving about it obviously we have all these you know uh, high presence irish wrestling fans on wrestling twitter <laughs> um who like love to rave about it and that's how it sort of got started from word of mouth really and it sort of spread over into this wider brit rest phenomenon that we've got going on and that the beginning of 2016 was sort of when that happened although they were running shows since 2014 and their first show uh, rather funnily enough was called Fuck PG and then come the beginning of 2017 their owner is appearing on WWE <laughs> UK TV <laughs> at the tournament <laughs> so an incredible journey over two and a bit years but yeah that that our Ted show had the freeway between Pete Dunne, Ryan Smile and Will Ospreay which really kind of blew the roof off and was really like their feature match for a while and Dunne and Smile were sort of their biggest stars. Uh, despite not being from Ireland, they were sort of the biggest push guys and sort of made OTT their home. But it was really a promotion where Pete Dunne found his footing as a heel and where he developed the Bruiserweight character. Uh, so it has a lot, a big part to play in his development. Um, but there was always a younger guy on these undercards who was always making a name for himself who was Irish, and that was Jordan Devlin, 
Um, and throughout 2016, he was like kind of never the feature of OTT, but always the guy in the background who were thinking, yeah, this guy's going to be big. And then in 2017, they sort of let the, rain, let the reins off of him, let him really go for it and have dream matches with uh, import guys. He became the import killer, got on a winning streak. And at the end of last year, he became uh, their, their champion, their no limits champion, which is sort of a heavyweight champion. Um, and he is now really the guy for them. He's front and center on all their posters. He like as it should be really because he is the Irish star. You know he's got the look, he's got the talent, he's having the great matches. I don't think there was an episode that we recorded under the old regime where we didn't rave about a Devlin match. <laughs> Devlin Moose particularly <laughs> was the standout one. Um, they've also always seemed to lean on uh, comedy matches um, and sort of comedy undercarders to build their cards through. Um, they. Uh, always had the lads from the flats uh, and Martina, obviously. That's where her gimmick got started and she eventually emerged from uh, the lads from the flats act and became Session Moth Martina, touring all over the UK and stuff. Um, and now their cards seem to be more focused on, yeah, they're bringing in more imports, but they're also highlighting more younger talent. Uh, they've got the keep them... <laughs> I can't remember what it is now. <laughs> Was it keep it 100 or... Those young guys, basically. Yeah, Curtis Murray, right, Michael yeah. May. Keep it 100. And Scotty Davis, Michael May and Curtis Murray. As well as guys like Nathan Martin. They're really trying to focus on building up some legitimate Irish wrestling talent because um, their shows have never really been too focused on the Irish acts or at least like legitimate Irish acts other than Jordan Devlin. Um, but they're, they're still putting on great comedy matches. I think their match of the year last year was... The British Strong Style Team versus Angel Cruz, um, Be Cool, and Tyler Bate, who was working for both teams. <laughs> and that was just a mental half an hour of madness with those six guys plus Team Prick, Peter and Rick, uh, <laughs> who are a whole other act in of themselves um, and have to be seen to be believed. That match was crazy and kind of typical of those OTT undercards where anything can happen, really. <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, obviously, they do seem to have a nice balance between you, these up-and-coming young Irish talent um, and also using um, a lot of imports. So they seem to have got a nice balance um, over there in Ireland. But moving back to um, our shows over here in England, um, there's someone who's been making a name for themselves uh, doing these sort of like gritty underground shows, but they seem to have uh, really made a big splash in 2016 and 2017. That is, of course... Fight Club Pro, Benno. Yeah, it's been two years of growth, hasn't it? I mean, they had an insane 2017. Just imagine them going from that grimy planet venue to running regularly, um, getting 500 to 700 people at the still some, somewhat grimy Starworks warehouse, but <laughs> certainly much bigger. <laughs> and they've got, I think I, I kind of said in 2016 that they replaced Progress as the, the punk rock promotion, um, but they're, they're growing um, just like Progress grew. Um, and it's just interesting to see, even if they do yeah, keep some of that, that grimy aesthetic. And I think, again, similar to Progress, I think they've really benefited this year from the, the extra WWE profile, uh, for its British strong style stars, uh, I think that's been a big part of of getting people out to their shows. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's a 
I don't think at the moment there's a more fun live experience than going to, to Fight Club Pro. I think the the way they put the cards together, although, yeah, sometimes it does feel like they, they just made the card up on the night. Um, they'll just throw a few multi-mans together and there'll, there'll be a comedy match and then there'll be a, a dream match with Travis Banks. But that's the, the charm of Fight Club Pro, I think. It's that you get that variety. Um, you might not get consistent storylines, although... You know, something for people to look out for the Infinity Tournament in in 2016, their big tournament where uh, the winner ends up being number one contender. Uh, Travis Banks um, was a big part um, of why people got into Fight Club Pro and his story in 2016 uh, of of going through both the Infinity Tournaments and then eventually winning the the Fight Club Pro uh, title is a is definitely something for people to to follow the the plot lines along and the, the attempted to do something similar in 2017 with Omari. Uh, I think it worked for the most part. Um, his big victory uh, this last year. I, I wasn't hugely sold on on the match itself or or the uh, the path that he took, I suppose, in, in the tournament going to it. But again, a, a temple event that, that's worth checking out. Um, there's just something, I think, feel good about Fight Club Pro. The, the very, there's something very homegrown about them. The fact that Travis Banks runs the, the training school and you've got that great core of people. You know, I mentioned Omari. Um, he seems to be, I think, looking forward to 2018. He's going to be a, a big part of promotion. But the promotion's very much framed around the likes of him the likes of Aussie Open, the likes of Millie McKenzie, um, wrestlers who come across as genuine, who have a genuine connection to the promotion, who you want to see well. So I think you go to those shows, I think, and go in positive and and come out positive. There's just something uh, endearing and and addicting um, about Fight Club Pro. I think they've got a really, really good thing going on there, there in Wolverhampton. Yeah, they definitely have, and it's obviously worth noting that uh, one of their owners is uh, none other than Trent Seven, isn't he? So, uh, mm. yeah, he's obviously got a lot of connections around, and especially with his uh, appearances for WWE UK. And um, these are sort of like the main promotions we'll be covering in depth every two weeks, but um, there's quite a few others that we're going to be covering as and when they have a insane championship wrestling. These are certainly one of the most talked about promotions come out of the UK in the past few years, based in Scotland. I mean, they really rose to prominence using um, an entirely homegrown crew of wrestlers, uh, Drew Galloway and Grado being two of their biggest stars to come out of there. And um, yeah, they've really built up a strong following in the home base to the point that for the last two years, their uh, massive fear and loathing shows have been held at the Hydro Arena. And I mean, this is a venue that's usually left strictly for WWE and... um, I mean, personally, I feel like they've lost some steam in the last couple of years from a creative and in-ring standpoint. Seems to be a lot of rehashed storylines and bringing in more imports. I feel that they might have lost their identity in the past couple of years and um, something that uh, brought them to the dance in the first place. So 2018 is going to be really interesting for ICW and... um, the, I'm assuming they'll continue to do their regular tours around the UK and uh, build up for another arena show at the end of the year. And um, I'm really hoping that they can overcome this rut they're stuck in creatively and uh, not overbook every storyline and <laughs> concentrate on letting their Scottish talent shine through in the ring. I think uh, ICW certainly have a lot of people talking about them, but um, not always for the for the right reasons. So it'll be interesting to see where they go as a a company in 2018 and uh moving away from scotland moving uh further to the south of england is a 
a, a very interesting promotion. Um, Attack, it's certainly a promotion that reminds me a lot of Chikara or DDT out of Japan. And um, Ollie, Attack certainly <laughs> um, have been um, doing their own thing for the past couple of years, haven't they? Yeah, the Attack sort of seems like the place where the boys get all the wacky ideas out of the <laughs> system before they go elsewhere. Um, but yeah, it's like a, a proper good atmosphere. Um, they put on the little shows in Cardiff. Um, and it's sort of like the epicenter of where all this talent has been emerging from because it's where guys like Mark Andrews and Pete Dunne, um, you know, they sort of formed their group of guys and they had, they just like established their characters and it's, it's quite a good place for characters because it's, it's based off of more outlandish stuff like um, the big heel unit, the anti-fun police um, headed by Chief Deputy Dunne and then the um, the brothers as the obstruction, the brothers of obstruction, um, dressed up as construction workers, but they're evil, <laughs> and they're sort of. Well, there was the big angle where they turned face back for a night because it was the press start, and um, they were they could have um, stayed face in this wacky alternate universe, but instead they decided to revert back to the ordinary universe to fort. Uh, own bosses' plans and sacrifice themselves, turn evil for the good of everyone else. That's the sort of stuff that goes down at Attack. It is wacky, it's nonsensical. Like you say, very DDT-esque. Um, that is sort of um, oh, <laughs> a good comparison. Uh, there's also good wrestling there, though. Like, it's certainly not an all-comedy promotion. Um, they managed to fit it in and around very well. Uh, their current champion is Flash Morgan Webster. Um, and the jury is kind of still out on how he's doing there, but I think generally he's in a better place to thrive as a champion than he was last year. They've also got interesting talent on the undercard. They use you know, all the guys from Fight Club Pro, like Aussie Open, Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher. Travis Banks is obviously the um, one guy um, out of Wales who is an, will be an interesting up-and-comer to watch is Danny Jones, who went on that tour of All Japan Pro Wrestling and I think picked up a lot of that, a lot of skills from that last year. Now he's back. Um, you know, he's got the very cool gear. He's a big lad. Um, he seems to have like the basics down after that tour. So it'll be very interesting to see how well he does um, going forward in attack uh, because it is kind of his home promotion and it would be good to see him sort of flying that flag for them uh, going forward. Uh, but yeah, definitely a fun time. I would like to go down and actually be there at some point <laughs> um, in the future. Yeah, they always do look like uh, fun live shows to attend. The yeah. They certainly look very interesting on the, on the VOD. And um, another promotion that uh, we're making quite a lot of waves in uh, Brit Wrestling um, under a different name was What Culture Pro Wrestling, and they've had a, a massive re- rebrand, rather, haven't they, Benno? Oh, defiant! Yeah, <laughs> I mean they've got a they've got a big cult following. Um, they're a, they're a funny promotion. You mentioned they rebranded uh, due to I think it was legal problems with Windy City Pro Wrestling. So then they renamed themselves to Defiance, not doing a quick Google search to find out there was already a promotion called Defy. Uh, it kind of sums them up a little bit. They've just, <laughs> I personally think they've never really looked like they really know what they're doing. Um, they started as a way to 
get a rub from the the YouTube stars that they had um, on the What Culture YouTube channel. Um, and I think it was the the stars from the YouTube channel who they were attempting to use to get the promotion over rather than the the other way around. Um, but it has led to a bit of a cult following. They put a lot of free content on YouTube as well as their on demand, wow. and they do good numbers. I was watching the the show with Austin Aries uh, the other night against Travis Banks, and there's about two thousand people watching at the same time, and they're good numbers for for British wrestling. And it's it's always been a promotion that's a, a great prey day and weekday work uh, for wrestlers. Um, but yeah, creatively, it's it's always had its problems. Um, but yeah, who knows as they go forward as Defiant. They've got Stu Bennett as, as the GM at the moment. And although they did rely on big name imports uh, and personalities in the past, they seem to be doing that less and less. I think a big story of 2017 was their World Cup, which we raved about on the previous iteration of this show that had some great matches with Will Ospreay and uh, Speedball Mike Bailey, Will Ospreay and Rey Mysterio as well, and some heavy New Japan involvement, which helped too. So yeah, although the, the booking can be uh, suspect, I think the, the hope going forward in 2018 uh, with the is to do more things like that, things that make us talk about the positives uh, of a promotion uh, like we did when they, they did that World Cup in 2017. Yeah, and um, they're certainly making good use of people like Zach Gibson. Um, that promo that he caught on the fans in uh, one of the <laughs> latest videos on YouTube was uh, was something definitely worth checking out. And um, like I noted earlier, we won't just be covering the UK scene. We'll be talking about European promotions as well. And um, you couldn't talk about European promotions without talking about WXW, could you, Ollie? Oh, yeah. 2017 was a, a huge year for WXW. Uh, I think because they worked a lot on enhancing their product and making it just look better. Like the presentation of it is the best in Europe. Um, I think that is something that BritRest does lack behind America, um, or at least well, WWE, maybe not the American Indies, but also Japan, who most of those promotions do have TV deals, which certainly helps a lot. Obviously, we're playing a bit from behind because it is all independent. It is all just one or two people doing everything for promotion. Uh, but WXW have put like a team together and made their production really top notch, and it honestly makes it so just enjoyable to watch the show because all the the match graphics and the video packages before matches, it all just it brings in a complete experience. And yeah, I, <laughs> uh, they definitely drew me in this year. Um, like after sixteen carat was such such an amazing tournament with. Um, Possibly the best match in Europe ever, <laughs> I want to say, between Walter and Ilya Dragunov, which is a must-watch for everyone. Um, after that, they they kept the ball rolling, I think. Um, obviously, a lot less people followed it between then and World Tag League, which was another great tournament with another great ending. Um, but I, I think the consistent quality is there now. Maybe before it was a bit up and down, you would just jump in for one or two shows. I think it is worth now following kind of month to month and maybe not even week to week, but certainly keep abreast of what's going on because uh, it is very rewarding and it just looks excellent. Uh, aside from obviously big names like Walter and Bad Bones, um, they have a, a young roster who is, uh, they're bringing up very well. They've got Bobby Guns, they've got Avalanche, um, JFK. These aren't names that people will be particularly familiar with. Um, but they are helped out by coming over here. Um, I think by like every, every time, I think it's but, uh, two times a year, <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, they come over to London and get to show off their guys. I think that does help tremendously with cultivating a fan base over here. 
Um, I, they've also just crowned a women's champion in Killer Kelly, who's a very intriguing talent. Um, she is still very green in the ring, but like she has the aura around her already. So it'll be interesting to see what they can build with her on the women's side of things. So yeah, just a very intriguing company that is kind of going from strength to strength. 16 Carat is coming up in a couple of months. They've already announced a great lineup for that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep the ball rolling, obviously, from all the positive press they got after Walter versus Ilya. Yeah, and because they're a German company with the language barrier, some people might be put off that, but um, yeah. there's no reason but they, to be. They, they do English commentary, yeah. Yeah, exactly, a fantastic uh, English commentary team with uh, Alan Forel, so yeah, definitely worth checking out WXW. And um, of course, there's tons of promotions in the UK, a new one seems to pop up every other week, and uh, obviously <laughs> this is bound to happen when a scene is so hot, and it would be impossible for us to discuss every promotion on this show, and um, we've talked about the main ones we'll cover, mainly because they're the biggest in terms of uh, people around the world watching their product and um, also include some of the best storylines and exciting matches um, you know saying that though there's a lot of promotions who are putting on great cards that we might dip in from time to time uh, Pro Wrestling Eve uh, one of the most prominent all-female promotions in the world currently and um, they've got some excellent talent and matches and uh, got a lot of mainstream press attention in 2017 and uh, this year, they'll be putting on their biggest show to date at the York Hall in London uh, this coming spring, so definitely worth uh, keeping an eye out on those. Uh, also, Preston City Wrestling, that uh, around your area, isn't the Benno? Yeah, the one of the bigger promotions in the UK at one point, where you could see a, a Scott Steiner or a Honky Tonk Man, uh, <laughs> but they've they've uh, knuckled down. That I think their their attendances have really uh, gone down the last couple of years from those uh, big days in 2011, 2012. Uh, but uh, over the last year or so, I think the bookings really improved there, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do in 2018. They've got a lot of deals with councils, so they do run a lot of free shows. Um, but yeah, their road to glory, the tournament this year looks particularly interesting as well. So I guess we'll see if uh, PCW continue to rebuild in 2018. Uh, there's Riptide in Brighton. They're putting together some great lineups and the shows always look absolutely stunning on VOD. We've got Tidal in Leeds, 3CW in the North East, Discovery in Edinburgh, IPW UK just got new owners and doing some interesting things. Southside, I mean, we could be here all day. So uh, there's plenty for us to talk about on this show. And um of course, with the scene becoming more and more popular, this was bound to attract the attention of uh, bigger companies. And uh, someone who definitely is keeping his uh, watch fly over the UK scene is uh, a Mr. Triple H. And uh, obviously, <laughs> last year, so WWE launched its own UK title and uh, had a tournament for the title and some tapings featuring the British talent in the summer. And it all seems to have gone a bit quiet from there. And I mean, the current WWE UK champion is Pete Dunne. He's defended his title on um, a few British independent shows and on episodes of NXT. Uh, WWE also used some of the British talent they've got under contract on uh, on their tours of the UK. And uh, it's all gone a bit quiet, Benno. And uh, what's the latest on WWE UK and um, them having their own show or either on the network or on our network in the UK? 
I think the latest is that there, there isn't a latest, isn't it? It's yeah. just, uh, it's been in very much a holding pattern, as you mentioned. Uh, when uh, ITV looked like it was going to be a thing, it was all movement. And we had the big show in Blackpool, like you said, this time last year. It went quiet. We then had a, a couple of shows in Norwich that I thought were a bit stilted um, and a bit worrying for the, the future presentation of a WWE UK brand. But I should probably have been more worried because nothing really else came of that. Mm. We obviously had the great match at NXT with, with Pete Dunne and Tyler Bates and those wrestlers have continued to be featured on NXT and there was the unfortunate episode of 205 Live that we won't go into here that featured some of those guys as well um, but yeah it's just been bit parts like that for the WWE UK guys and I think it's probably going to take something like maybe ITV coming back with the, the might of Noel Clark allegedly behind it they've also been <laughs> saying that uh, people close to the project are saying that might come back alive this year so maybe if we see that come back to life that we'll We'll see WWE UK, but yeah, it, it's all seemed to have gone quite quiet uh, over the last uh, six to, to nine months. Well, obviously uh, you brought up ITV there, and they relaunched World of Sport at the end of 2016, doing that one-off special, and uh, the ratings apparently weren't great for it, and after some involvement from Anthem and Impact Wrestling, it seems ITV had lost all interest in wrestling, so it's interesting that uh, Noel Clark, of all people, is uh, is trying to get on board <laughs> and get ITV hyped up for um, for some more wrestling on their network, so we'll have to wait and see with that one, and um yeah, and finally, before we wrap up, Benno, you took to the uh, post-wrestling forums, uh, you know, which you folks can join up at uh, forums.postwrestling.com and uh, leave us some questions and uh, leave us some feedback on your show. But um, there were quite a few questions you got through and some of the topics we've already discussed uh, on the show already. And then uh, some of them haven't. Um, we had... Paddington Bear, <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> Sorry if I've uh, butted your username there. Um he wanted to know, um, he's wanting to get more into British wrestling, he's subscribed to Progress On Demand, and uh, what would be a good jumping in point for uh, Progress, um, jumping in on with Progress there, Benno? Yeah, I think uh, for newer people, I'd always recommend watching a recent show and firstly seeing it's for you. Uh, Padden Bear was mentioning that he was struggling between chapters 10 and 15. And I think he's actually got past the, the difficult part of progress. I think the, the early shows where Jim Smallman's doing his impression of a snooker commentator, um, there's no entrances. It's a bit no frills. It's once they hit that big chapter 13 uh, that went free on YouTube in 2014, mm -hmm. that's when things started going. And as I mentioned earlier, the Osprey Havoc storyline was a big part of what got progress going as well so uh, the voices of wrestling uh, forum have got a, a good topic how to progress through progress uh, which i think is is quite useful for these kinds of questions but yeah i think the main thing is i think if you if you knew watch a recent show um but if you're somebody like our, our paddington bear then stick with it once you get past uh, chapter 15 or so i think that's where the good stuff comes like the classic era of progress is 15 to 35 or so um and i'd uh, yeah i definitely recommend uh, anywhere within there i suppose as a, as a jumping in point excellent and um we had a question for ollie well i'd say it's more for ollie uh, from shane silver he's uh said hi guys love the show a quick question he, he really wants to get into attack and he's heard so much good stuff about the chris roberts v shea purser uh and he wants to go back and follow the storyline show to show and, uh, <laughs> what do you what do you recommend here ollie for him to start on the shea roberts v uh, sorry that's a difficult one. one yeah because that was building for like a long, long time. I I can't remember the show exactly. It was around about Halloween 2016 where Shea Purser turns heel by putting on the red bow tie, um, and 
that is really when it begins. It's, it's It was kind of just ingrained in attack culture that Shea Purser was just the dickhead ref, kind of like when Scott Armstrong was the dickhead ref in uh, WWE for so long. And like he only came out five or six times in his entire run as the heel ref, but every time he came out, everyone knew exactly who he was. It was kind of like that in attack, except Shea Purser was a bit more uh, visible. Um, so it's kind of difficult to chart exactly, <laughs> like exactly how the feud came about and how it came through because it was really throughout 2017 and then of course ended in their last match in 2017 um with shay finally uh getting his comeuppance at the hands of mr roberts so uh, around halloween 2016 is a good place i believe so i can't remember exactly what show it was (laughs) but (laughs) yeah just kind of watch the whole thing (laughs) there wasn't too much of a story build other than shay just being a dickhead for the whole year that little boy. Fair enough. Um, and then V Trigger J asked, um, he's watched Sons Run Demand, he attended Progress uh, New York, and um, he's asked about what the deal with Strangler Davis is. He's, he liked the rights as a tag team. <laughs> and um, obviously, this, there's been some massive news about uh, James Davis, and uh, we haven't really got time to go into it on the show. So, uh, that's maybe a question uh, for future shows. So, uh, moving on there, yeah. we had uh, Chris from Melbourne. He asked two questions. Um, a classic match you would recommend from the British and European scene, Benno? Mm. Um, the British, I think a good thing to dig out, I suppose it depends what you mean by classic, but the International Showdown show uh, from the Wrestling Channel is a good one. That's in its entirety. That's on mm. YouTube uh, from the Wrestling Channel. Uh, anything Johnny Storm and Jody Fleisch, that was a big fan of that in the uh, early 2000s. I think that was a big part of what got me into to British wrestling. Um, definitely dig those things out. I believe the full uh, King of England tournament is available on, on certain sites. If you if you Google that, when uh, Eddie Guerrero came over to our shows and had a great match with Doug Williams, um, I dig that one out as well. As far as more current stuff, we've talked a lot of matches on this show, but I'd also, uh, um, going on the, on the Rev Pro front, uh, Okada and Osprey, uh, if you want to see uh, what broke Osprey out and, and got him into New Japan in the mm-hmm. first place, that's a, a big favourite match of, of mine uh, from British wrestling in the last couple of years. Don't know about you guys. Yeah, certainly um, Johnny Storm and Jody Fleischer are two sort of classic British wrestlers that you should definitely check out. And Doug Williams, they've kind of come back onto the scene in the past couple of years, but um, certainly check out their uh, FWA stuff. I, I definitely mm-hmm. recommend checking that out. So uh, on to the last last question was uh, from Faulty Rob. Uh, hope you're not too faulty anymore, Rob. But um, <laughs> he asked about WWE doing a standalone show going forward. We kind of discussed that earlier. But uh, Ollie, I mean, he asked, where do you see UK guys like Dunn and Bate um, this year? Do you see Dunn and Bate heading over to NXT full time? Well, it has been a bizarre couple of months because obviously they signed the contracts um, in December 2016, and they were year long contracts. We've sort of been seeing, in obviously, RevPro sort of took them back. They sort of wrote out both Mustache Mountain and Pete Dunne back in April or May or so. Um, obviously, the infamous Yoshihashi versus Pete Dunne match, which took place like a week after the UK tournament, which I still love that they managed to get Yoshihashi, <laughs> perennial New Japan undercarder, undercard over uh, Pete Dunne, like the the staple of that UK tournament. <laughs> um, but they, they've sort of brought them back now and Mustache Mountain uh, main eventing their next York Hall show and of the tag team champions and going up against New Japan guys in Suzuki and Sabre Jr. So it seems like the rules are a lot more lax uh, than they were. WXW weren't able to put Pete Dunne on their 
um, VOD for the anniversary show in December. So there's still clearly some politicking around that. It could be because WXW were on Flow Slam for a bit. I don't know. I'm just uh, hypothesizing. Um, but it is an interesting situation because we're starting to see all these guys sort of come back into the fold, get put into storylines in progress. Um, it doesn't seem like they're leaving anytime soon because all these promotions are starting to book them again and book them not only not as one-offs. You know, they're not doing any more bows to the audience after <laughs> the show's over, which they were doing like throughout 2017 because they were so unsure of whether they'd be back or not. It seems like WWE is becoming more hands-off with the UK and just sort of letting it letting it grow, letting them bide their time until perhaps they're ready to stick progress on the network, which is another rumor which has been going around for ages. It's all a very much a state of flux right now. It's all a bit of um, information sitting around, but I feel like this year something big is going to happen. There is going to be a seismic shift, whether it means all those guys under the contract going on to NXT full-time or progress going on to the network. Something has to budge eventually because we can't just have this state of affairs forever because <laughs> it is a weird way to operate and also it does leave these guys a bit in limbo yeah exactly there were so many rumors circulating in 2017 and you you would expect something's going to be happening in 2018 and uh, we'll be here to cover it on this show and um yeah so we hope you've enjoyed our first show delving into the world of british wrestling and uh as noted earlier on the show, we'll be bi-monthly, coming out on the first and third Thursday of every month. So our next show will be out on uh, February the 1st, and we'll be reviewing Red Pro High Stakes featuring Minoru Suzuki and uh, also discussing the latest from Brit Wrestling. And uh, before we head out of here, huge thanks to John and Way for bringing us on board the uh, post train, as it might be. And uh, yeah, if you want to uh, follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Bushby01. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Benson Richard E and look for this weekend for a Progress Year Review podcast I'm doing with Suit Williams on PW Ponderings. Uh, quick plug for that. And you can follow me at another Ollie. And uh, of course, all roads lead to postwrestling.com. So please be sure to subscribe to our feed and uh, leave us a review. And we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us and we will catch you later. <laughs>